Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this wonderful program to help you all through this crazy thing we call life. I don't know why I talk like Catherine Hepburn, but all of a sudden I just kicked into little Catherine Hepburn. Everybody, welcome to the program. Today, we got a doozy for you. If you are looking for love and they seem to keep rejecting you, or if you're trying to get your single child to move out of your home and they keep rejecting him, then today is your show because we are, we're going to bring on our relationship expert, our, uh, our single, uh, what do we call her, the guru of singledom, the, uh, the person, the only person that can get uh, your child to move on and to have a life. We're going to be bringing on Alyssa Goodwin-Snell, and she's going to help us to figure out how to not get too caught up in rejection, how to just, you know, move on with your life and make sure that things are happy and healthy for you, especially in the dating world. But before we do that, we're going to do some headlines. One of the goals of this show is to help you be human, right? Now, we've all been born that way, apparently. Some, I guess, we're still questioning. But um, in this crazy thing we call human life, we are trying to figure out how to make a better life. And as part of that, we're going to do some headlines. The human headlines, we're calling them. These are the neat things that the most incredible humans do. We're also going to bring up just some silly stories of the silly humans and see if we can't uh, just appreciate life and learn along the way. So I've invited my crack. Uh, new, my cracked up, cracked news team, cracked up crazy news team in here to help me with this. Okay, guys, so we're going to go around the horn. want to hear your favorite human stories. Who wants to begin? Bryce. I'm looking at Bryce. Okay, that was interesting. And then she passed the buck. She passed the buck and the mic right to you, Bryce. Okay, okay. BT, here's my human story? headline, all right? Yep. All right, the, the headline reads, there are trillions of bacteria in your body right now. Ugh. Gross, huh? That just made me heave. Okay, you want to know some other facts about yes. this? Yes. Okay, so okay. you're saying trillions of bacteria. Trillions. Okay, okay, there's more bacteria living in your guts right now uh. okay, than people who have ever been born. Okay, true story, because I went to McDonald's today. And Okay, so that's, you know... <laughs> And um, I don't know. I'm not saying that's bacteria. I just think they You'd really think it would like kill McDonald's. The bacteria, but yeah, fill me in. Trillions, because it doesn't seem like the human body could handle that, right? So pretty much, we're we're just big bags of of germs right now. <laughs> Germ <Okay>? bags. <gasps> and that's a great name for people you don't like. Yeah, you big bag. I call of germs. them meat bags, but whatever. Yeah, but it's less meat, more germs. More germs. Apparently, apparently, there's more germs going on. <laughs> But uh, um, that's sort of our inner ecosystem. It's made up of germs that manage everything. It's like, um, yeah, it's like uh, the Amazon in you. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's there's a few theories rolling around that we're less people, more bags that the bacteria want to carry or they really bacteria want to be carried around in us. So that's kind of why we're here. We're just we're carriers. We're big carriers. Uh oh. I just made me realize we think of ourselves as being an individual, but actually, aren't we like a CEO of a big company of organizations? Yeah, you're like a big (laughs) Amazon.com. Or at least we like to think so. But you also make a bad decision. The whole ship, the whole company goes down with us. It's interesting. All the organisms with us. I love this. And And people are actually worried about their hair. I mean, you're worried about your hair, but you got a big bag of germs in you. Right. You got more to worry about than your hair. That you need. And you will die if they. And we don't even know they're there. Yeah, you had no clue until right now. 
Well, that just freaked me out. I'm sorry. What good were you? That just scares me. What do you do with all the germs? I guess they don't matter. No, you got to keep them healthy or you'll fall to pieces. Mm. Gosh, you really stumped us. I'm sorry. Let's go to another story, maybe one that's not as depressing (laughs) or negative and doesn't involve a bag of germs. Exactly. On a less depressing note, um, my news story is about a dog that got caught in a car's grill. So what was happening is that... um, The grill, meaning the front of the car. Yes. I'm just thinking their teeth, (laughs) like a bad grill. (laughs) Yeah. No, in the front of the car. um, Apparently, someone in Massachusetts was driving along a highway Uh and saw... A dog. Oh, no. Slowed down. Was it a cute dog? Uh, yeah, it's like a little poodle mix, apparently. And he almost hit it. Yeah, so I don't know if he actually hit it or if it jumped in, but pretty much it slowed down, so I don't want to kill the car. It the stopped. guy slowed down. Yeah, stopped and, um, or at least I think that's what it says, yeah, stops and then looks back and is like, oh, well, I don't see oh, a I dead didn't dog, hit it. so yeah, I didn't hit it, must have gotten out of the way. Continues on for about 11 more miles until at a stoplight, someone motions to the front of the car and is like, hey, like there's something in there. Hey, pal, there's a poodle stuck on your grill. (laughs) I know. But it's uh, pulled over. No, no, the dog wasn't injured. It just looks like a little concussion. But otherwise than that, the dog will be fine. That's how the bag of germs gets on you. (laughs) You're You're just walking and some germs just jump on like the dog. And then people are like poking at you like, hey, you got something on you. It's just my bag of germs. <laughs> Gross. Okay, that's a cool story. So that you're trying to lift us up there. Yeah, but it's like a blessing because if it was any other type of car, it wouldn't have that oh, little. Yeah. It, when you look at the front of it, there's like a little hole where it just perfectly fit into it. It's it a been puppy hit. catcher. Would have died. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of a dream catcher? It's like that. It's, it's like, just where the puppies go puppies. when you hit the cute little poodles. What but kind yeah. of car is that so we can all get um, one? A Toyota. Okay. Sedan. Toyota the puppy, puppy catcher's uh, optional feature. Oh, it is. I bet it costs <laughs> more. It doesn't come on the base model. For those that want to save the animal kingdoms, we give you a puppy catcher. We need an ad made for the puppy catcher. Okay, cool. See, <laughs> the human stories are good. They're positive. What others? Who's got one? Hummer now. Sky Boy, do you have one? Uh, I read an uh, article online about a, bi- a base jumper in Provo Canyon. Yes, right here in town. <clears throat> yes. He was jumping off a 400-foot cliff, and his parachute got caught 200 feet up oh. on the side of the cliff. And wow. He was stuck. How just is stuck. this supposed to be uplifting? No, it's just the humans. Just... So he had to. he's hanging out. <laughs> and what was the first thing he said when the paramedics came up, Rob? Hmm? What's the first thing the paramedics asked? Oh, they probably asked, how's it hanging? <laughs> No, this is uplifting because he was lifted up in the air. He was. He, he was. At least he was saved. That's true. He didn't, he didn't die. die right? He should have oh, died. Okay. Never He's, mind. That's happy then. But if you start to hear, I mean, that's almost like a bad slapstick movie. Where you start to hear the tearing sound, and yeah. you go, "Oh no!" But the difference is, it's not funny. Because it's not it's funny. Not a movie. What? Uh, when are they going to get him down? I think he has been up three days. Don't you think they ought to go get him now? Yeah, I should probably work on that. <laughs> it's interesting because that would be scary. Um, you know, you're hanging there. Think you're 200 feet off the ground. You like base jumping. Do you think at that point you rethink your life? Like, really? Do I need to do this? <laughs> Should I be doing this? If he's a base jumper, I think we might be starting with a inadequate baseline on that. <laughs> he's got a lot of bacteria, my Funny. friend. Okay, uh, who else has got one? Anybody got one? I got a cool one. Um, anybody ever grown an ear on your arm? Safe to say no. no. 
No. Well, this lady has. <laughs> there is a woman who has um, who lost her ear uh, because she had cancer, and they had to remove the ear, and so they need to grow a new ear. So they went out of cartilage and made the shape of an ear and vast vessels and all of these things, and they implanted it under her skin. And she's now got an ear growing underneath her skin on her arm. It just, sounds really gross. Just like the the skin part or like, like the inside? Like the whole inside so foldy can... part. In fact, I will show you the picture. And um, you, it looks like an ear growing on her arm. So, uh, you know, how do you explain that to the kids? Well, it makes sense. It sounds gross. It's yeah. an ear. It's an ear for but, crying out loud. But I could see that being like I could see that working out well. Like that could it's, be the future. It, I that's the future is growing. we're going to be growing our own pieces. <laughs> yeah. How do you get it out? Don't ask questions. Okay. If you grew an eye on your arm, what it's Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, our accountant, wants to know the details of how we Sorry. get it out. First of all, how did you get it in? How did you get your ear down to your arm? But I, they cut it out. And by then, I guess they just cut the skin off and you got your ear. And it's actually nicely molded. It looks good. And she can hear it with a hearing aid. Huh. Same skin color. Exactly. <laughs> but isn't that cool? Because think back in the old days, you just wouldn't have an ear. You just have your stump or whatever. But I do have to admit, you're right. It does sound gross to grow an ear on your arm. But the question is, if you grow an eye on your arm, does it look gross? <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, that was a bad idea. Why did I even bring up the ear story? If Rob's going to go there with it. Uh, anybody else got a story? Humans. Aren't we incredible, quite honestly? Anybody ever um, been pregnant here? No. Nope. Me either. <laughs> And uh, here's a crazy story about a woman in Ohio. A pregnant woman faces uh, several felony charges after police say she stole a tow truck that was repossessing her SUV. Okay? Her SUV is being towed away. She's not going to have that. So she hops in the tow truck. She gives the guy the old, hey, look over there. And then the pregnant lady waddles in, eight months pregnant, by the way, hops in the car and drives her uh, tow truck away with her 2004 Mercury Mountaineer truck stuck on the back of his truck. And um, as she's driving, they get into a high-speed chase going 65 miles an hour. She goes so crazy uh, that the the back wheels, I guess, were worn off of the, the car being towed. And so she was just riding on the rims. And then they pulled her over. Then she wouldn't get out of the car. So they had to rip the poor pregnant lady out and arrest her. Okay. She should just blame it on the hormones. That's exactly. So what's your defense? (laughs) Can't be insanity because you're not. You're pregnant. (laughs) Think it'll work, Bryce? Can you plead pregnant? I'm I'm just going to say mama meant business, okay? She she had something to take care of. Mama was in the nesting mode. (laughs) Yes. Don't take mama's car. Don't. Mama has a baby coming. She's, she's got enough to worry about, all right? Do not put your hands close to mama's mouth. Um, it's <laughs> it's uh, for all those out there that are pregnant, you know, do what you got to do. Get your car back for crying out loud. Okay, that's the news. Anybody else got one? Robbie, do you have one? You have one, something. I know you do. You well, have. I thought it was fascinating. Wall Street Journal said uh, you think about Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, and they talk about each other, and they – worry about each other and they just obsess over each other constantly because that's just what you do in presidential campaigns. Do you know the last time they talked to each other was like five years ago, four years ago? Really? They actually face-to-face made a, or a phone call. See, they need to get together. 
Yeah. So the uh, Wednesday night debates, first time since like 2008, that they're, 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 actually, they're actually speaking to each other. Isn't that interesting? Oh. And then it's funny because then at the end when there's the winner, then you'd think that they'd also talk more then too, right? Like so when one of them finally is the winner of this whole election, but I bet you they don't even talk then. It seems like, you know what, President Obama, if, if he won, for example, or President – or if Romney won, Obama would have a lot to teach him. Seems like the handover. We ought to be talking a lot more. Okay, that's my deal. I'm going to get. I'm going to someday change that. I think we've got to get presidential candidates talking more. Maybe a bowling game. One big conference call with all living presidents. That'd be cool. Okay, we're doing it. One big bowling team with all living big, presidents. Why not? Why don't, why don't we have a bowling night for the president? President's bowling league. Okay, kids, that's the human factor. Again, we're all a little bit crazy and um, some more than others, obviously. And we are just all part of this crazy thing we call life. When we come back, we're going to take on a major human challenge we call dating. You afraid of being rejected? Are you being rejected too much? Or do you just get a joy out of rejecting others? If so, we're talking about it right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Oxygen. It's not just for breathing anymore. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Evil twins are a staple of soap operas, but it turns out the oxygen you breathe has an evil twin that's actually pretty awesome. The kind of oxygen you breathe is made of two atoms, and we call it O2. But at the edge of our atmosphere, O2 can be ripped apart by solar radiation, forming a nasty, corrosive version of oxygen that likes to eat spacecraft. That's where NASA came in. While studying how to protect against monatomic oxygen, they found an honest job for the evil twin. It turns out these lonely, very reactive atoms are great for cleaning smoke damage off of old oil paintings without disturbing the paint surface underneath. They can also burn off layers of ink, one layer at a time, to let investigators detect forged documents. And it's found a job in the operating room as well, where an atomic oxygen gun is used to clean off replacement hip joint implants. So no bacteria linger to cause inflammation after surgery. It's like an atomic antiseptic, destroying organic material and leaving the implant untouched. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Notes from the Kennedy Center is the program that provides a wider perspective of the world we live in. Each Wednesday, we air live lectures from diplomats, scholars, and government officials from around the world. Join us to hear from Speaker Gretchen Morganson, Assistant Business and Financial Editor and Columnist for the New York Times. She'll talk about the next global financial crisis. That's this Wednesday at 2 Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Little Carly Rae Jepsen, call me maybe. Sorry to sing that there. Um, <laughs> we're talking about dating. And, uh, you know, you give a guy your number. You know, I've never done it. 
But you give somebody your number and then you kind of just leave it with them like, call me, maybe. Huh? Maybe. And uh, then you wait and you wait and you wait and they never call. So on the show today, we're talking about uh, rejection a little bit for the singles. We're talking about why people don't necessarily call. And, you know, sometimes it's more about them, obviously, than it is you because look at you. Hello, you're hot. And then sometimes it's just because they've got issues. Sometimes it's because you've rejected them. So that's what we're getting into today. We're going to be bringing on our expert, Lisa Goodwin-Snell, and uh, she just – she knows how to do this. She's the singles coach and is going to give us advice in why this takes place. But before we go there, a lot of times when dealing with rejection, we just don't know how to do it nicely. Our producer, Madison Allred, tells about her most recent experience with having to reject someone, someone but with compassion. Compared to some, I am pretty new at this whole dating game with only being 18 years old. I know what the rules are for how to act, what to do, etc. But something everyone seems to skim over is how to reject someone kindly. Sure, everyone makes jokes about the bad ways to do it, but to me, it just seems like every different circumstance is an exception. The most notable in the past two months was a young man I will call John. I met John while I was out dancing, and he seemed very nice. He asked me for my number... We talked on the phone a couple of times, and then we set up a date. He picked me up from work, and to my knowledge, we were going to the movies. When we got to the car, it actually turned out that we were going to a megaplex that was an hour away. I started to get a bit nervous then, because if it did not turn out well, it would be a lot of awkward conversation. But everything seemed great until we got to the job discussion. He had introduced himself as he worked in pharmacy. I was expecting an undergraduate student, or maybe a lab tech. Turns out that he was a pharmacist. A pharmacist? I am only 18. That immediately means that he is at least 8 years older than me. I am personally fine with going out on a date with a 28-year-old or even 29, but 30? Nope, that's my limit. I wanted to see how much older he was than me, so I started to ask him questions. I had my age, 18, be the baseline. A lot of times, young men in my religion serve a proselyting mission when they are 19, and it lasts for two years, and he confirmed that he had. So... Plus two. He said that he had a four-year undergraduate degree. Plus four. He said that he had specialized in pharmacy school, so that was an additional five years. Plus five. He mentioned a job he had for three years. Plus three. And another job he had for two years. Plus two. That comes to a grand total that he is at least... 35. I was a little freaked out. And this is just what I had found out on the car ride there, and the actual activity had not even begun. As he started to buy my ticket and food, the guilt just piled up higher, higher, and higher. Despite the fact that he was almost twice my age, I actually had a lot of fun on the date. He was great, and the conversation flowed. I really had a good time, and he did too. Then, the next day, he called me to ask if we could see more of each other. This is where the hard part started. I just felt terrible. And I also felt like he would feel bad if he knew that he had taken out a girl who was only 18. I truly did not know what to say. My true feelings were, you know, you're awesome. And I know that I'm mature for my age, but this age gap is just too big. What ended up coming out was, uh, well, I just changed my major, which is true. And so this next semester is going to be really busy for me. Also true. So, I think it may just be better if we are just friends and see each other at dancing. 
you could tell that he was a bit let down, and so he said goodbye, and I have not really seen him since. All that I said was true, but it was not the real reason. The terrible part for me is that I really had a good time, and if it was not for the age gap, I would have gone out with him again. Then there's also the small part of me that says that the reason why I rejected him is because I did not want to be rejected. I think I could have reached a point where I would have been okay with the age difference, but after that, if I had been straight with him and said, Hey, I know you are a lot older than me, but I am only 18, that would have risked him acting freaked out, straight up shutting me down, and breaking my poor little heart. Either way, it was just a mess. And truly, I do not know which route would have been worse. Help? Wow, Madison, I am glad you're asking for help. And, um,. <laughs> Let me tell you what route would have been worse.、Uh, I don't know. Let's just say the Provo Police Department show up <laughs> and they arrest this old man because he shouldn't be dating you. He didn't know that I was that young, though. Well, did you not notice the ninth class of 1994 tassel hanging from his rearview mirror? <laughs> did you not notice that? Did you not notice the AARP sticker in the back of the car? Oh, oh my, my word. Okay. You have to reject somebody that old. Well, I know. You were a teenager, by golly. I am. You still are. I know. Freshman I am in college. Oh, your parents, do they know this story? Yeah. Oh, my word. I'd be so mad at you. <laughs> I didn't know. He told me that he was in pharmacy. So I was、oh, like, okay. That's what they always say, Madison.、This. But then we got on there. He was like, I'm a pharmacist. And so I was like, wow. Wow. Really old. But because for the job that I said, like, I could have been graduated from college, people say that I look like 24. I think you、so. look easily 21. <laughs> you do look.、Well. And Bryce just piped in because apparently he's a professional here.、Uh, Bryce, what was your comment? Because this is really profound. And I want to, first of all, just tell me the comment. I just, I just pointed out that <laughs> girls, it's really hard to tell the difference between 18 and 25. They just kind of all. Look. Well, it's really almost hard to difficult tell to tell the difference between a 17 year old and a 25 year old, too. Sure. But you got to get it right. You have to get that. <laughs> Don't mess that one up. Do not mess it up. So you go out. Hey, with, I was 18. Let's, what are we going to call the guy? What'd you call him, John? Yeah. Let's not call him. Let's give him an older name. No. Homer. Grandpa. Hey, Homer. Homer's an older name. Grandpa. See, the reason that we can't go there is because his real name was actually like an older. Of course it was, because it is, he really is older.、No. So your inability, then you're like, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I, I didn't. Well, he was、no. really nice. I had a really good time. You know, the police don't care about that. <laughs> I don't know why. This is the father in me. The father in me is coming out because, Madison, you've got to say no. I Just did. say no. I did. How did you end up breaking it off? I didn't pick that up.、Um, I just said, you know, hey, I just it, switched my major, which was true. It's not you, it's me. And、I'm, I just think it'd be better if we were friends and just saw each other at dancing, which is and, true. Yeah. And I just didn't specify. It's actually because you're almost twice my age. You didn't but, say that? No. But, did you ever point out that, hey, pal, I'm 18? Did you say that? Nope, never. He still doesn't know. Unless he's listening, that'd be kind of awkward. I bet he's listening. Our, our audience is fairly old. So、um, he's, I'm sure he's listening. Is he, did, did he, when he took you to that movie, did he pull out an AARP senior、oh、citizen's gosh, card? Oh my gosh, no. He was only 35. <sighs> that, okay, I'm not saying、okay. that it was right. It's、no. not like I'm going to like, have、This、him be my boyfriend. But... This is why we have to learn to say, <laughs> we just have to learn. You, just, you were being nice. Yeah. But you actually struggled with it. 
oh, I just felt bad because the poor guy, if he's 35, still looking for someone, he's obviously been rejected yeah. a lot before. Other, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's just, I just felt bad adding well, to that. Well, I think you're nice. And there's people out there saying, hey, my wife and I have a 15-year difference or whatever well, it like, ends up being. Yeah. Like um, my grandparents are 12 years apart. Yeah. it's I get so. it. Yeah. It's just you're 18. I know. Maybe if I was... Funny, but oh. <laughs> yeah, really. The, the father in me is like, if my wife came home and said, "Hey, I really want you to meet Gus, <laughs> my twenty-year senior partner, my new <laughs> boyfriend," who's I would die. <sighs> okay, rejection. There's an example right there. We're going to help you. Elisa's going to help you because she's going to know all about how okay. to reject somebody many years your senior. But um, we're going to – it's not you. I understand it. You were just putting out the vibe. And when you send out the vibe at the geriatric dance, you're going to pick <laughs> up not. geriatrics. And I mean that in the best way possible. Oh, thanks. Okay. Well, Maddie, uh, Madison, I'm proud of you. You didn't fall in the trap and, um, you know, you did get a really – you got your dinner half off. Because of the senior discount. Uh, mean. We, mean. We are going to do it. We are going to take a break. When we come back from this break, we're going to have Elisa Snell on, who is our singles coach. She's going to help us know how to date. And we're going to get immediately. we got to get on this immediately because I don't want you being picked up by some other old coot down the hall. So we're going to figure out immediately how we turn people off. Or not off. That sounds bad. How we turn people down and how we kind of... Hold our standards and how we say what needs to be said in a way that it's tolerable. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Keep up to date with BYU Radio's programming by liking BYU Radio on Facebook. You can check our page for BYU sports updates and information on our entertainment programming. Like us on Facebook at BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Iranian officials are warning that if talks with world powers continue to fail, they will enrich uranium to 60%. This level of enrichment would be enough to power nuclear submarines and bring the program even closer to the 90% enrichment level required for an atomic bomb. In the statement made this morning, an official said that talks with world powers have not convinced Iran that they should keep their enrichment at 20%. This comes just a week after Israeli officials warned that Iran is seeking to become a nuclear power and could have enough uranium for a bomb as soon as summer next year. State Department officials say they believe a recent video shows the missing U.S. journalist Alan Tice alive and in the custody of the Syrian government. Tice went missing in Syria in August, and in a video which surfaced on Monday, a blindfolded man matching Tice's description was shown being led up a rocky path and forced to his knees. One State Department spokesperson says there's no way to confirm if the blindfolded person really is Tice or if the scene was staged. However, they do believe that Tice is in Syrian government custody. In a statement made to McClatchy Company newspapers, Tice's parents said it was comforting to see him alive and well. 
Officials from Libya and the U.S. are still trying to figure out how to cooperate on a mission to investigate the September 11th attack on the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi that killed Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans. FBI agents in the country have interviewed and investigated in Tripoli, but have not yet gone to Benghazi. So far, Libyan officials have only given verbal confirmation that they are willing to work with U.S. investigations. The Obama administration has declared the attack a terrorist strike and announced a separate panel will probe into the incident further, separate from the FBI's efforts. Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney is frequently calling for a repeal of President Obama's Health Care Act, but he hasn't provided many details on what he plans to replace it with. Now, however, with the first debate just a day away, Romney is hinting at some of his plans to improve the system. Romney is going to be pushing for a more high-deductible, low-premium health insurance plans that would require consumers to pay more out-of-pocket expenses for services. The purpose of this shift would be to encourage more transparency and competition in the healthcare market, hopefully driving prices down. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. When I saw you standing there looking like some kind of angel Like you were walking on air and the earth didn't move When you first said my name I didn't feel a thing No, not me My heart didn't skip a beat This ain't no love song I just felt like Oh, I don't know what it is, but those are so sad. Trace Atkins and Madison sitting here. You know, he's an older man, too. Um, But Madison sitting here uh, singing every word from that love song. Welcome back to the program, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about breakups and uh, and rejection, you know, why women reject men. So if you're a man out there and you've been, like, wondering this your entire life— Now's the day you're going to find out. We're bringing on Elisa Snell. Elisa uh, is a dating coach. She's a marriage and family therapist. She's written seven books, married, has two kids, but does workshops all around Utah, all around the country, actually. She's been on some of the big national shows um, teaching how to, how to you know, be a more effective dater. Elisa, are you with us? Yes. Thanks for having me on, Matt. You bet. Thanks for coming on again. Now, Madison's with us here. So you heard the story about her kind of bad dating experience yeah yeah that's kind of ugly <laughs> it's hard and I mean <laughs> and I have to say as a woman I have been in those situations where you know the older guys will kind of hit on you and it's flattering when you're younger um, and it's a little awkward and uncomfortable and you're really sweet and you're really nice and then you get older and those guys who are older are on the same intellectual level as you now you're, you know you've kind of had that <laughs> life experience and you look at those guys who are asking the younger girls out, and you're like, whoa, those guys are really kind of messed up. There's something not too normal about them. <laughs> Why is and he you don't doing see it that? when you're younger because you don't have the life experience. But when you're their peer and on the same level with them and they keep going with the younger girls, it really becomes obvious how there's something really wrong with them emotionally and in their emotional maturity that they keep going with these younger girls. Yeah. So that's really creepy, Madison. I'm <laughs> so sorry. I'm sure you're a beautiful woman, and she I'm is. sure She's that nice, you maybe don't look 18, uh-uh. but a 35-year-old trying to date an 18-year-old, even if you were 20, even if you were 20, I mean, you just don't have the same life experience. And guys can be 
guys who tend to go with that kind of an age gap, I don't care if someone's 55 dating a 40-year-old, I'm totally not worried about that. But when you have a 35-year-old and all that, those years of experience and manipulations that they, you know, they just have so much more experience to manipulate from. And then they're trying to pick up an 18-year-old, 20-year-old. It's like, oh, my gosh. No, I... So you didn't even need to be nice to say no to him. But that was very kind of you. Saying no she's a nice, nice girl. No, I agree. I think, well, most people say that I look 25. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of think that he thought I was around. But obviously, I wasn't going to, like, let it yeah. happen. Well, see that. I mean, on because it, it could have just been so flattering. And he was successful. And But, yeah, you're smart. <laughs> But, well, and so much of what I do is focused on helping people to identify the early warning signs of the abusive and manipulative. And, um, you know, I've just, I've been a marriage and family therapist for so many years, and I've seen these terrible relationships. And um, er, recognizing the early warning signs is just so critical. And, you what, know, so that's what are some of those? I mean, Alyssa, what should people, what are the warning signs people should be looking out for there? Well, the thing is, nobody usually, very rarely does somebody get hit on a first date. Very rarely does somebody... I've never know, been hit terrible... on, Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa, I've never been hit on, ever. You've never been hit mm. on a first date, and that's good. I've never, <laughs> no, I don't, yeah, no. You know, it's, it's the subtle little things that people do in a first few dates that um, indicate whether or not they have the warning signs. So the basic warning signs are that they lack empathy, they lack self-control, and they lack personal responsibility. It takes a little time to identify um, how people would lack empathy, self-control, and personal responsibility. Um, In a first few dates, it's much more subtle, and so you really need to kind of um, learn what those warning signs would look like. I have several books that focus on helping people to identify the early warning signs and what it looks like in those early, early stages from, you know, just saying that you're not available tonight and they keep pressuring you to see them that night. (laughs) I want to be back at, you know, 10 o'clock and they don't get you back on time and they try to rationalize and justify keeping you up. And there's all sorts of little subtle signs that show that they would lack empathy, self-control. Like taking them to a movie theater an hour away, for example. Exactly, especially when they passed four or five on the way. Yeah, you know? or if they or, put a bag over your head, right then, yeah, and, dead giveaway. <laughs> dead giveaway. you got to get out <laughs> of the car. Handcuffed, just get out, yeah. So, you know, um, but those warning signs are, are just so critical, and one of the warning signs is that they look for people who they can dominate or control. They, they test boundaries. I know that's not what we're talking about yeah. today in terms of warning signs, but one thing that does contribute, and one of the warnings, one of the reasons why men do get rejected, um, is because they creep women out. Let me kind of cover that one. Yeah, talk about the creeper because there's a fine line between "Hey, I'm just really into you," and "Hey, you're creepy." Right, right, and sometimes the guys are not really creepy. You know what I mean? In in truth, they do yeah. have empathy, self control, and personal responsibility. So I teach that it's not you; it's your technique. My website is similarly named. It's, it's your, your technique. technique. Dot com. Yeah. It's your technique.com. So I teach that, and anyone can learn a new technique, but you need to know what your body language is saying, and you need to know how your body language can be sending the wrong message. So when a guy approaches a woman, depending on how close he gets to her and how much he leans his body physically closer, closer to her, the more she's going to feel creeped out. It's really important that a guy looks strong and confident, and that means he needs to be in more of a leaned back, cool, casual posture. When you're too leaned in, you look too intense. You can look like you're too into her. You can look like you're trying too hard. You can, because of your physical presence, you being, you know, most men are bigger than women, you can look more intimidating because you're leaning in. 
Um, and all of those things can make you look creepy and or unauthentic. So guys who come on as too nice, which is another reason why men get rejected. So one is that they look too intense or too creepy. Another is that they seem too nice or too into her. Um, one of the reasons for that is because he's not looking strong and confident. So being leaned in, you know, he's this really nice guy, and he's leaned in, and he's being a little bit too accommodating or too complimentary. It creeps women out, and it makes them uncomfortable because it seems not as authentic. It's not natural, it seems is like it? He's trying too hard. Yeah, and it really comes down to just technique. Just lean back on a backward leg, give a little space between you and her. A woman cannot show you she's interested in you if she can't lean in. And if you're already leaned in, there's no yeah. room for her to lean in in a comfortable way. By you leaning back, then you give her space to lean in and get a little closer to you. By the and way, Elisa, might be interested. I think that's that's fascinating because our our um, technical director, board operator, Skyler here, he's always leaning in. So how should uh, I read that? Uh, he likes you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's always leaning in. It's a go. It's a go. You're, you're it's a go, man. He likes number. me in the show. It's interesting. But that leaning in is huge because like what my wife always says, how she detects the creeper is he's just what he's looking at. So the oh, creeper yeah. is like when you catch his eyes looking at stuff he shouldn't be looking at. Exactly. Creepy. Exactly. It, very creepy. That's true and at the so mall, too, secret, by the way. I'm sorry. Say that's, that again. that's totally true at the mall. Even if you don't know the people. <laughs> The creepy or people are the ones that are guy, looking in the wrong place. Right. You're watching a guy who's with a woman, and a woman walks by, and he's totally yep. checking her out. Oh, yeah, so that's creepy. Yeah, he's got a creeper written right on his forehead. So. That's right. What Couple are some more things? things? What else causes well, rejection that well, maybe the guys the aren't aware of? Right. One of the signs that you need to be aware of is no woman ever leans forward. Or sorry, no woman ever. Yeah, no woman ever leans forward when she's uncomfortable. So you really, that's a big sign. If she's leaning in, she's probably a little bit more interested in you. If she's bridging the gap, if she's getting closer to you, she's probably comfortable with you. Oh. And so guys who don't pick up on that, guys who she's turning her body language away from you, she's leaning back, she's got her arms folded. Yeah, those are the ones um, I knew. Cut, yeah, she's, she's using one-word um, answers to your questions. That's a sign she's not interested in you. And, and when you keep her approaching her and you ask for her number, you are more likely to get rejected. And so you, know, you, you need to be paying attention to those body language markers. That's good. Other reasons why men get rejected is because they don't display confidence. So, you know, they approach the woman, they slouch their shoulders, they let that, ball, that belly you know, protrude a little bit instead of straightening the Suck it the in, and, suck it in. Yeah, suck it in. You know, they they use comments about themselves that don't show a lot of confidence. Yeah. They just, they come off as weak. And, um, you know, women do like nice guys. We definitely like nice guys. We just need to see strength and confidence in the nice guys we like. And if we don't see strength and confidence, we start to become less romantically attracted to them. Yeah, and less that's interested a weak. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's not that you have to um, feel confident all the time. You just need to act confident. And the benefit of that, too, is when I act confident, I often feel more confident. It comes with it. Mm. And as a woman, you know, our emotions fluctuate. And if I wait till I feel confident to act confident, I won't act confident very often. Right. But if I just know how to act confident and I play my part, I'll end up feeling more confident. I'll make a better impression. Love it. And so, you know, you need to stop any self-depreciating comments, you know, anything that makes you sound like you're putting yourself down, 
um, those just really turn a woman off. Another reason why we get turned off or we reject men is because um, they reveal too much too soon. (laughs) It's been amazing to me how much people will reveal when they don't know you. And I'll be speaking at a singles event and a guy will come up and he's talking to me and he's telling me, and this has happened on multiple occasions, where he said, yeah, I'm divorced, and, you know, my ex-wife tried to get a protective order against me, and she's just totally crazy, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, you're at a singles event, and if you're telling me this, yeah. what are you telling the women at the singles I'm event? I'm growing an ear totally on my arm. I mean, <laughs> did you hear about our story where the person's growing an ear on their arm? I mean, anyway, yeah, it's just too much. You don't want to reveal, especially the stuff that's not appealing. And Yeah. There's a time and place. Yeah. I give the best of me to those who invest in me. That's and those ooh, personal that. details, those personal details are things that are both personal and private to me, but also something that someone will only value and appreciate after they've got to know you and they see that there's more to you than just your issues. And then hey. when you reveal your issues, they see, oh, you know, there's all these other great qualities that come with him. And he just trusted me with this information instead of burdening me with this information. Love it. Um, we got to take a break. Uh, but when we okay. come back from the break, Elisa, uh, give us more techniques, more tools, more reasons why men get rejected. And then um, I'd love, I think we'd love to have some advice for uh, Madison here for how, you know, what she could have done. Okay, perfect. You know what I mean? So we'll take a break. Elisa Snell is with us. And Elisa, they can find you again at your tech. What is it? It's your technique.com. It's your technique.com. It's your technique.com. Awesome. We'll be back on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. From Earth to Mercury, power used efficiently is critical for a successful mission. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The Space Probe Messenger is the first spacecraft to orbit Mercury, and for more than a year now, it's been sending back some amazing images. NASA Glenn Research Center worked with a company called Advanced Power Electronics to develop a special power converter that makes sure messengers' science instruments and communications work continuously, even when it's millions of miles from Earth. The goal of the device is to gather the most energy possible from messengers' solar panels. Much like a traffic cop at an intersection, the converter directs the flow and levels of electricity collected from solar panels, sending part of that power into storage batteries and pulling electricity out of the orbiter's batteries to provide energy when the solar panels can't use the sun's light. The power generation and storage technology can also be used here on Earth for quickly charging batteries on radios and other devices in remote locations. Other uses for the technology could include providing power through solar or wind sources in rural farming areas in developing countries and allowing for the remote operation of irrigation pumps. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Do you want to hear all your favorite BYU Radio shows while you're on the go? Now you can. BYU Radio's free iPhone app places all the BYU Radio programming at your fingertips through your iPhone or iPod. Enjoy all your favorites at the touch of a button. Download your free iPhone app on the Apple Store now.
Oh, Air Supply. Do you feel it? Love that song. That, my friends. That is a love song right there. I'm getting emotional. No, I'm not. Um, fascinating. Love that. And we're going to bring back Elisa Snell uh, with us. Elisa, you there? Yes. Does that song bring back memories or what? Yeah, it ages me a little bit. <laughs> it does. But uh, you know what? We can't all be out of love. We just, we're, we're learning to grow it. And you're helping us. Okay, Elisa, give us some more rules on why men get rejected. And then um, we're going to have Madison here. You're going to give Madison some advice. On how to handle rejection. Mm -hmm. And then I want to flip it, and I want to get to the female side. So why men back off. Right. Let me review really quickly four reasons why I've already outlined. One is they seem too nice or too into her. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, they look like a pushover or untrustworthy Two, they seem too intense or creepy, Mm. and the reason for that is it's their body language and their comments. And like you said, too, where are their eyes going? Right. Um, They lack confidence, and again, this is their body language and their comments. You know, what do they say about themselves? How do they hold their posture? They lack confidence. The fourth is they reveal too much too soon, whether it's sharing their issues or acting negative. You know, people who say negative things about other people or dating or relationships are going to turn people off. The fifth reason is that they talk about themselves too much. Um, When we go back to the early warning signs of those who are abusive and manipulative, they lack empathy, they lack self-control, and they lack personal responsibility. When someone can't tell that they're boring you, that the things they're talking about are just really centered on them, when they don't ask questions about the other person, when they don't show interest in the things that other people talk about or their the other person's interest, that's one of those warning signs of somebody who lacks empathy. And because women are, you know, very social by nature, they pick up on, you know, they have, women have a lot more social expectations yeah. because out of the men that they date, because we have those social skills. And so when men don't have those social skills, we really see it as, ooh, something's wrong with him. Mm. And if nothing else, it's boring. You know, somebody who talks incessantly about themselves and doesn't show a lot of interest in and me, yeah, why I'm would not we only do bored, that? I'm losing interest. You know, everything I teach is to help the other person make the other person feel great. So I, I teach skills and I talk about the 17 secrets to the male and female psychology to help singles know how to make the opposite sex feel great. Oh, if they great. go to my website, itsyourtechnique.com, and sign up for my email updates, they'll get a copy of the 17 secrets. Cool. So um, that's also available to them. But again, talking about themselves too much is a huge kind of red flag. It's a turnoff um, and it just bores people to death. You yeah. need to be careful of that. Well, and it just so, seems like people like to talk about themselves. So it, if the easiest thing you can do is just ask a few questions about them. Right. And, but it needs to be... Oh, go ahead. It needs to be like a volleyball game. Yeah. You know, the ball is bounced back and forth, and it's fun that way. And when one person's hogging the ball, you know, and they're playing by themselves, it's boring, and the other person loses interest and wanna walk, wants to walk away. You have to share things about yourself. And there are singles, unfortunately, that are so tight-lipped, and they say so little that the other person's bored for those reasons, Love too. It, it needs right. to be a good a good amount of exchange between both of you. And as long as you're touching bases and saying, well, tell me about this. Oh, you're so sweet to have listened to me. I want to know more about you. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you're doing both and you're doing equal amounts of listening and equal amounts of sharing, 
interesting conversation. See, that's an indicator that, you know, it's working. What uh, what would you have said or what do you say to Madison? She's sitting right here just take she's taking notes, copious notes. And um, <laughs> what would you say? I mean, what should she have said? Because, uh, you know, maybe he was showing some of these signs. Maybe he wasn't. But what, what would advice would you give her? Well, I always have um, women say the exact same sentence. So write this down. This is and money. Use it in every single situation. And the I know what it is. I know what it is. Let me guess. What is it? It's not you. It's me. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I was thinking because that's a great okay. line. Okay. So, <laughs> no, go ahead, Elisa. What is it? Okay. So what I teach is when rejecting a man, I want to make a man feel great as well. I want to, you know, make this as comfortable as possible. Um, you know, rejection is always going to hurt a little bit, but but I can do it in a way that I can like myself and feel good about what I'm doing and still feel like he reasonably will feel good as well. So it's about your tone of voice. This is the sentence you use. You know, and what was the name you were using for this guy? John. 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 John, thank you so much for asking. I, you know, I'm, I'm very flattered. I just don't feel that kind of connection with you, though. But thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you. That's good. I I, I really that. am writing this down. Okay, uh, yeah. I'll help you. So, um, I don't. I didn't feel that kind of connection with you in someone of your age bracket. <laughs> you creeped me out really bad. <laughs> You're a little creepy. You little creeper. Creep away. Yeah. So, but but that's the technique. Is you know, thank you so much, John, for asking. I'm flattered. I just don't feel that kind of connection. But thank you so much. And see, that is so. That's such a good line. Because really, good. honestly, to the point, you are flattered, which says, you know, I still got it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's someone to, to flatter women. Yeah. It is flattering that he showed interest. And you don't want to say, I didn't feel that kind of chemistry. Guys always give me feedback that chemistry feels more like a dig. And they also feel like, well, you didn't give it enough time to find out if there could be chemistry. Yeah. If you say, I didn't feel, I don't feel that kind of connection then there's less for them to argue about. It's not so abrasive. Yep. It's just I don't feel that kind of connection. There's a multiple reasons why. Subjective, right? That's great. Yeah, and so they don't take offense. Or just say, I, based on your birth date, <laughs> I don't feel this is appropriate. <laughs> you creepy My old dad coot. would probably punch you in the face if you came around. You <laughs> know, know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I love that. Um, I think that's a great line. And, and it's yeah. not just a line. It's I mean, it, this is smarter than just me never calling or you right. asking me ten more times, and I've got to get the clue. You don't feel it, right? Well, and women, if you don't have it memorized, what you're going to say? What I find women do is they drag it out forever. They come up with a dozen excuses. They give out a false number. They, you know, they dodge his phone calls. They fail to return his phone calls. They make a date with him, and then they cancel at the last minute. You know, this needs to be something you have memorized and you're prepared to use when the occasion happens so that then you don't feel like you have to come up with an excuse. If you come up with an excuse for why you're saying no, you're dragging it out. Um, It's just so much more effective if you can say it in this brief statement and it's done for him and it's done for you. And you did it in a warm way. If women can do it in a warm way with the kind of tone that I demonstrated, they'll do it. They'll say no because they feel more confident in being able to do it and that it's not so offensive. And guess what? Guys get over it. It does oh, we not do. take most men very long to get over a rejection. We're fairly it's efficient. Fairly not you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it might sting for a few moments, but he'll, he's 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 a big boy. He's well, yeah. To, you know, do other let's not waste another dinner on yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times, if he's a really confident guy, he'll just be impressed that you were so warm and straightforward yeah. and direct, yeah. and he'll appreciate that. And and you both will end the contact 
in a very mutually respectful Love it. Um, understanding. Madison has so another now, question. Let, let me okay. just let her just quickly ask this. Okay, so I my really quick question is something that you mentioned before the break um, was by like sharing with men that invest in you. How can yeah. you tell if they are, are investing in you? Because I've had several people, you know, they always say, oh, you know, don't like, but then it's kind of the break between like, okay, you know, like investing money, but that's not necessarily everything. You know, that doesn't yeah, show a lot, but time it, or what? It does, though. Men value what they put their money on. And okay. so what men and women sacrifice in the dating process is different because of the psychology of both men and women. Men are really looking more for that emotional investment. They're looking for women who smile at them and touch them and, and say positive things about them and show appreciation and let them be needed. And men are really looking for emotional investment from women. When a woman works harder than a guy in making contact, calls them all the time, texts them all the time, pays for dates, um, you know, gives out sexual um, conversations and, and seems easy in that regard, he loses interest. That does not make him more interested. He needs a challenge. He needs a pursuit. So what a woman needs to sacrifice is just really her warmth and her femininity and, and positiveness and appreciation. But a man needs to sacrifice. So secret number two to the male psychology is that men love through sacrifice. A man needs to sacrifice. The more deeply he sacrifices, the more deeply he loves. And it mm. really is the physical sacrifices that make a man um, value and appreciate something more. And so it's it's a physical sacrifice of coming over and starting a conversation. For 80% yeah. of men, starting a conversation is actually a sacrifice. It's uncomfortable. There's the risk of rejection. It's the physical sacrifice of asking for your number. It's that sacrifice of making the first phone call. Again, 80% of men struggle and stress about the first phone call. It's the fact that he calls you instead of just texts you all the time. A guy who texts you to ask you on a date is not sacrificing as much as a guy who's willing to have a 15 or 20 minute conversation just because he wants to try to get a date with you later that week, you know, and some guys maintaining a conversation is stressful because they don't know what to talk about, but that's a sacrifice for them. So they call you and they put that time in. And you're saying that's, and so if ladies, so as we kind of just reverse the roles here, if ladies don't give them the chance to sacrifice because they're always doing all the work, they're they're not going to enroll him. Yeah. And women, you really need to remember this, because if you deny him the opportunity to sacrifice, you're denying him the opportunity to love you as much as he would have loved you if he had sacrificed for you. And so the more we cross into that line and we make things easy for men, the less challenging, the less interesting, the less rewarding the experience is. He needs those sacrifices for him to value you and for him to feel like this is really what he wants. The guy gets it passively and easily. It's like a car. You know, it could be a Ferrari, but he got it so passively and easily. He isn't going to take care of that nearly as much as if he had to work for it and Mm. earn it. I love that. And so when we're looking at the five reasons why men back off, one of those is because um, you just seem too nice, too accommodating. You seem too into him. Um, Number two is you chase him, you know, and by chasing him and calling him all the time and texting him all the time and, and... asking him when you're going to see him, he hasn't even had a chance to decide he wanted to chase you. Yeah. You're chasing him. The hunters become the hunted. And a, a lot of times it's going to add to what I call the three- to six-week drop-off curve. Most relationships don't make it past the first three to six weeks. And some of it's because your techniques are off. The women's approach to dating increases the risk of them being rejected. Oh, and I love this. him does that. Chasing That's really that. interesting. I love this. Okay, Elisa, we're going to take a break, and you're going to come back. Can you stick around with us? Yes, you bet. We're going to come to, we're going to talk more, because I want to get through all the five reasons for the ladies why the men are backing off. 
and let you finish the other three or so. Um, and then we're going to just – I think we're going to have a roundtable with a bunch of questions from our crew here that mostly are single. <laughs> Sounds good. It's going to be awesome. Elisa Snell, you can find her at itsyourtechnique.com. She's a dating coach and just expert at relationships, wonderful person. Uh, we'll be back picking her brain right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. What song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Leah Salonga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch The Song That Changed My Life, Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. Are there some BYU radio shows that you missed or just want to hear again? As for my favorite part, well, it's kind of strange, but I love one word that Poe says. Then check out our BYU Radio YouTube channel, where you'll be able to listen again to your favorite episodes and keep up to date with other BYU programs and events. Just go to YouTube and search BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Just two days after joint missions resumed between NATO and Afghan forces, two American soldiers have been killed in an unusual firefight. The battle sparked when an Afghan security officer opened fire, unprovoked on the U.S. patrol, killing the ranking officer. But then multiple Afghan security force members and possibly insurgents began to fire on the patrol from multiple locations. An Afghan army spokesperson claims this was not an insider attack and was started by a misunderstanding. U.S. officials, however, are not sure how to classify the skirmish based on the potential coordinated nature of the ambush. A judge has blocked Pennsylvania's controversial voter ID laws from requiring a state-issued ID for the November 6th election. The ruling comes just five weeks before the presidential vote, a time frame which may have something to do with the judge's decision to continue evaluating the law after the election. Challengers are celebrating this decision as a victory for now, but with the decision not being final and the judge pointing out that this ruling will not prevent the law from being implemented into the future, the heated debate will likely continue. An Arizona Border Patrol agent has been shot dead and another wounded after they responded to a motion sensor alert in a drug trafficking corridor. Three agents responded to the area well before daybreak this morning and reported gunfire and being fired upon while they were walking up the trail. So far, there is no confirmed suspect or suspects, but this is the fourth Border Patrol agent death in less than two years in Arizona. The incident is expected to bring the security of Mexican border states back into the public eye in a state that is already a key battleground for the immigration discussion. Republicans are jumping on comments made by Vice President Joe Biden today that the middle class has been buried for the last four years. 
Biden was speaking at a campaign rally in Charlotte, North Carolina, when he made the remarks. Officials from the Romney campaign are pointing out that almost all of the last four years have been under President Obama's administration, calling the remark a stunning admission that the president's policies have been bad for the economy. Voter polls show that the economy is the most important issue in the coming election, and both campaigns are focusing a great deal of their messages on proving their policies will be better. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. We are back talking about dating and how to lose uh, the rejection problems that you might be having. Are you getting rejected too much in your dating life? You you feel like, you know, no one seems to stick around much because if so, we're talking to Elisa Snell, our dating coach. She's giving us some great advice. And uh, one little piece of advice she she hasn't given us yet, but I know it works. Elisa, are you there, by the way? Yeah. You're back on. Okay, here's 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 a line that I learned, okay? Now, again, I've been married for a while, and so I'm not really up on the dating thing. But this is a line that I know used to work, is you say, um, are, you, are you Jamaican? And they're like, what? And, and then they, they'll say, no. And I'm, then I say, because Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> you think that's creepy, don't you? That's not what I recommend. Well, Is here's it... the thing. Guys look all the time for funny one-liners that they can use, and I understand oh, why they do it. It's hot. Because they want to seem clever. They want to seem interesting. They, they, want, to, they, want, they, they it, want to start a conversation, no. and they don't know how to do it. Elisa, but it's because the, the ladies love it. Do you not know that? The ladies, the ladies feel sympathy, and so they smile <laughs> oh and laugh. That's what everyone here is just giving me sympathy laugh. <laughs> Madison, what do you think? Madison, how loves do you it. feel when guys use those kind of lines? Um, I think it's kind of dumb, personally. It, it's <sighs> uncomfortable. Yeah, because well, it's like, oh, you can't really find a real compliment, or I just think yeah. it's like juvenile. But. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. well, whatever. You're, there's that one. If I told you you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good it's, one too. <laughs> no, no, dirty old men do that one. So, yeah. You know, it's just it's 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 just uncomfortable. So I try to teach techniques that will work with eighty percent of the people, eighty percent of the time, and mm. the best techniques that make men look confident, that it makes them look normal, um, are the techniques where you just start a conversation based off of the situation you're in. You could even ask a question like, "You look really familiar familiar to me. I think I might have gone to high school with you. What you know? May I ask what high school did you go to?" oh, by the way, my name is, you know, and then yeah. ask confidently, ask the other person's name. It's nice to meet you. You know, look for body language, see if she leans in, see if she asks a question, how does she respond. So just really kind of very casual conversations make a man look like he's not trying too hard. It just makes him look like he's starting a conversation. Because of that, a woman feels like she can lean forward. When a guy comes on too strong, we lean back again. Mm. Um, also, any comment that you're going to make that could confuse her, Chances are you're not so charismatic, you're not so smooth at it that you're going to impress her. If you confuse her, that's going to make her feel less safe and secure. The number one need of a woman is to feel safe and secure, and guys have to nail that when they first introduce themselves or approach a woman because that's the biggest reason why a woman will reject a man is because she did not feel safe and secure or comfortable in the contact. See how complicated um, that is, though. See, that's so much more complicated. All, all a woman would have to say 
to a man is, okay. do you want a Cinnabon? What's that? Like a, cinna, like a cinnamon. A Cinnabon. A Cinnabon? A Cinnabon. It's a cinnamon roll. It's a Cinnabon. It's a company. It's called Cinnabon. But see, if somebody says, hey, Matt, would you like some cookies? Then I'd uh-huh. immediately be into her. Yeah. But the same thing could apply for a guy, too. He opens the door. Hey, can I get that door for you? So yeah, it's the everyday conversations. You know, if someone's coughing. Oh, you know what? You look like you could use a glass of water. Let me go get that for you. Mm. You know, so really it's these safe introductions. It's these safe conversations that are the best. I had a client who he sat for like 25 minutes while he was getting his tires on his vehicle and the, the receptionist there was cute. He thought for 25 minutes <laughs> about how he could start a conversation with her. And he finally left because, you know, the situation had passed. I'm like, oh, my goodness, just ask her about tires, you know. Yeah. Ask her about how long she's worked here. Does she like working there? Just start with a conversation yep. that fits the situation. And he started doing that. And he's like, oh, my gosh, approaching women is not nearly as hard as it used to be because he was overthinking it. I love and it. he had more women who were responding. Well, and okay, women so have girl- problems, too, right? I mean, men have problems, but women also can make mistakes like you were talking about, just not like being too nice to accommodate. Yeah. What are some more? Yeah, well, women worry. women worry about coming on too strong. And so they oftentimes, I would say 80% of women... Instead of coming on too strong and looking like they're too interested in the guy, they do the reverse, which is that they play it too cool, too casual, and they act like a pal instead of a gal. Uh And that's secret number three. So I'm going to review really quickly five reasons men back off. Number one, she seems too nice, too accommodating, too into him too quickly, and so there's no challenge and and becomes boring. Um, Number two... She chases him. She, you know, she's pursuing him. She's calling him all the time. She's texting him. She's she's playing the chaser instead of the chase. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much more fun for a hunter to be the hunter than the hunted. <laughs> um, number three is she fails to make a meaningful connection. Her body language is flat. Her language is flat. Her communication is flat. She's so afraid of looking like she's she's too into him that she just is really flat with everything. And there are a lot of guys who will go on a date two or three dates with a girl because she's really cute and they want to get to know her, but they come home on that second or third date and they're like, I can't read her at all. And they stop calling. And a lot of times those women liked the guy, but they were so afraid to touch him, to smile at him, to give him compliments, to say, oh, that was so impressive. I loved what you planned for the date. You were a really great guy. You know, I would love to do this again. They use too much of a watered down words like it would be nice to see you again instead of i would love to see you again oh you see know? that's so, use so more, true yeah use more warmth use more femininity you know act like you like yourself because a woman who can use more verbal expression acts more confident looks more confident makes him feel great so you know and then the fourth reason is she acts like a pal instead of a gal so she goes on the date and she's she's dressed like she would be going you know, she was just going to the store instead of putting, you know, putting on something that's a little bit more feminine and putting that time and energy into looking more like a woman instead of just like a neighbor or a friend or a colleague. Yeah. You know, we need to make men, when we're on a date with them, we need to make men feel like they're with a woman. And we're acting like a woman, and that makes him feel like a man. And when you act like the pal, it's a flat experience for him. Men like femininity. Men like... You know, what is feminine, and that's your tone of voice and your touch and your warmth, but it's also your curves and your smile and, and you know, tilting your head and all of those little things that just are intriguing and alluring about a woman. And, you know, I have women who they've been so, you know, kind of defeminized because they feel like that shows weakness, yeah. but they don't realize that when they tilt the head and they show a little bit more warmth and a little bit more tenderness, 
that is saying to the guy, I have faith and trust in you that you can handle this soft side of me. I think it was, and, I think it was the invention of sweatpants and sweat suits. <laughs> and ponytails. And ponytails. I mean, I mean yeah, we're going to get that when we get married. We don't need it when we're dating. Yeah. And, you know, guys want to be able to go and have fun with that girl. Yeah. And they want to feel like she can throw her hair in a ponytail. But when that is your everyday do, yeah, like, you know, then it's You got it's anything not, else there? not exciting. <laughs> oh, the fifth one, the fifth one is um, if you make out or act sexual in the first six weeks of dating. I mean, I'm not recommending it at any time. Yeah. I have rules for avoiding sexual contact. But you can absolutely be guaranteed you're going to hit the first three to six weeks. That three to six oh, it's, it's kind of an automatic fail if you move to physical too early. Yeah, yeah, and all the mystery's gone, and then there might be some shame and discomfort, and it just, it's, it's a surefire way to get rejected. It's also it's a surefire way to get a second date, but it's a surefire way to destroy it quickly. Yeah, well, and you know, even if you get the second date, look at the quality of the second yeah, date. No, Are you right. guys going to be going back to his house right, and no. just sitting there and watching a movie? Or is he going to be taking you on the town and showing everybody how proud he is of you, that he's on a date with you and paying for a meal and really investing in you, making out is giving the best of you to someone who's not investing in you, and it's really not giving the best of you, but it's certainly giving you, giving the more vulnerable parts of you mm-hmm. to somebody who's not investing in you, and it's just, it's a terrible technique. Believe that he's a good man, and he genuinely cares about you, and wants to get to know you, and just show simple affection. Don't make out, don't, yeah. don't, you know, sell yourself so short, and don't sell him that short, because he, he will invest in you. He and don't confuse it. It seems like that ends up confusing it, too. And, I mean, it ends up, I don't know, it's, it's almost like you just ripped the whole basement out of the house, and everything's going to fall in on it. It just yeah. doesn't, it's not going to, I mean, it's so funny, because there's a million people out there listening, thinking, oh, wow, yeah, but that's really what it's about. But reality, well, it just, it, you can't move it there so quickly. Yeah. Well, the thing is, sexual power is a power that turns a man inward to himself, and it makes him think more of himself and his desires and his lust. And in return, he does not like her as much. He doesn't like himself as much. He doesn't like her as much. Feminine power, which is what I described earlier, is a power that makes a man look beyond himself to others. He loves that, and he loves her more because of it, too. And when we can use that feminine power, our soft words and our gentle touch and our faith and trust in him and and our kindness and our appreciation, he will do more and more and more for us. And in the process, he'll become even more convinced that he loves being with us. Yeah. We don't have to use sexual power. To I love it. I, I love that you're, that you make it very clear. It's yeah. just, and then I guess the hard part is, and it, I wonder, I'm, in fact, I want to go to some of the singles here in my studio and see what their, what questions they have for you, because it really is, um, it seems simple yet complex, but then you, it's also just keep it simple. Let's uh, yeah. talk. Rob, do you have a comment or a question? This there? sounds really complex. Because like when you're sitting there that we got to tilt our heads and, and not, but the ladies, Rob's like trying to now figure out his head tilt. So I need to lean, no, I need to <laughs> yeah, lean, lean on my head. Do not tilt your head, man. Lean back and look <laughs> yeah, strong. But I got to lean yeah, back at a 45 that. degree angle any time to talk to a girl. That's going to look weird. <laughs> well, maybe maybe more like a 75 degree angle, not a 45. It's, it's just being cool and casual yeah. instead of leaned forward and, and looking like you're trying too hard. And the, the neat thing about leaning back is you breathe easier. Um, you just feel more calm and your voice won't quiver as much. The guys who are trying too hard, it shows because... They're usually always in that lean forward position, and they just show more vulnerability in the process. Mm. I love that advice. I lean back when I do my radio show. Right now, I'm yeah. in a lounge chair. 
Yeah. I am And so you enjoy the experience more, and you slow down, and people hear that you're relaxed, and because you're relaxed, they feel relaxed. And when somebody feels that you're pressed and you're stressed, then it's, it's naturally uncomfortable to want to be there for very long. Yeah. It's too intense. you got to relax. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, oh, other questions. Madison, do you have anything for the guru? Elisa? I do. So um, with your fifth rule for, you know, keeping the best to you, like six months, that um, six months, um, six weeks, that's like two months. So just nothing for two well, months. Well, I mean, no, you can kiss. I don't have a problem with people kissing. I, what I personally believe is it's a simple, short kiss. It can be a passionate kiss. It can be a sweet kiss. It can be, you know, a short and, and playful kiss. It can be all sorts of kisses. What I teach is don't kiss for more than two to five minutes at a stretch and don't kiss lying down. That's what lends its way to lust. Um, keep it simple. Keep it short. Keep it fun. Keep it playful. Nobody has any regrets afterwards. Nobody has any doubt about whether or not you're interested and you're invested. Um, but they want more of that. I mean, if I kiss a guy goodnight... And it's the last five minutes of the night, and I lean in, and I give him a sweet kiss, and then I smile, like, I better go, you know? And I, I look at him, and I walk away. Is he going to want more of me or less of me? Versus we've been making out for two hours, and it's now three in the morning, and he's been trying to figure out how to get away for the last hour because he's got to get up for work in the morning. Okay. You know, it's, it's a totally different experience when I leave him wanting more, and he, there's no regrets, and he's just had fun, and... He sees that I'm invested. I love that. Okay, that makes more sense. Well, and part of that is so the the six week thing she's saying is the you know the average these relationships don't last longer than six weeks if yeah. you don't build a foundation that's strong enough, and that was one of the right. foundations, right? Well. I'm- People lose interest for a lot of different reasons, and it might not have anything to do with you. It might be that they met someone else, or they go through a little bit of a depression, or they just hit a bad you know, time in their life and they have to focus on other things. There are a lot of reasons why people, don't lose, why people lose interest. So why would I stick? Why would I put so much on the line in the first six weeks when there's a better chance they're not going to still be around after six right. weeks? Wait and see if they're still hanging in there. They're still investing. They're still participating in the process. Then I'm going to say, okay... Now I'll take a few more risks because I can see that they're really genuinely interested mm-hmm. in me. If they're not genuinely interested in me, they're not going to be around um, beyond six weeks. Then you can. Then you can. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. How do you risk more if we've already gone so far? Yeah. It's harder and yeah. harder to risk, and so it's. I mean, then you have to get married, get engaged, well, move in, buy weird. a car. Hmm. Women get weird after sexual contact, too, and making out. We, we're a lot more needy. We're a lot more insecure. We ask a lot more to find the relationship conversations oh, because yeah. we want to feel like making out actually means something. So in the first six weeks, he's barely discovered that he can have fun with me, and we're already having weirdness. Yeah. And so he's yeah. a lot more likely to bolt versus if we spent six weeks keeping it fun and easy. And I want you to know, I don't personally believe that making out is a good idea six months into a relationship because, you know, if, if we're... There's just not a purpose for it. Simple, sweet, genuine, playful kisses and affection that don't lead to these huge, long makeouts that are risking sexual contact and things like that. That's enough for, for people to, to enjoy the process. They don't yeah. need makeouts. Hey, as and, we're, um, uh, Elisa, as we wrap it up, tell me, what, what's, what's the one thing that is kind of uh, the best guiding principle for, I guess, both men and women as they're, you know, connecting, trying to meet, 
and putting it out there, risking it. It really needs to be about making the other person feel great. And so that's part of the reason why I teach the 17 secrets to the male and female psychology. You need to understand what the other person needs the way they need it. And that's very different than the way you need it. You can see there's vast differences between what I teach the men and what I teach right. the women. And if you know how to make the other person feel great, you can have meaningful connections. And if you don't know how to make the other person feel great, you're going to keep floundering over and over and over again because at the end of the day, it's how you make me feel that makes me come back for more. Yeah. And if I know that you're into me and you love me and you care for me, I'm going to keep coming back. Elisa Snell, the dating coach. You can uh, get all of her information at www.itsyourtechnique.com. Alisa, thanks so much. Seriously insightful. Madison, did you learn? Oh, yeah. Learned a lot. Okay. A, don't date old people. B, (laughs) when you do date people your age, focus on them. Yep. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Alisa. And you bet. And uh, we'll have you on again, I'm sure, to pick your brain and learn and learn and learn. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. Hopefully, we're improving your life and uh, hopefully getting you closer to getting a wife. Right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. You've heard of the Jaws of Life before. Now get ready to meet the Piranha version. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Firefighters and emergency workers have had powered cutting tools for rescue work for years now. They look like giant claws powered by heavy, complicated, and expensive hydraulic pumps and hoses. Thanks to some innovative thinking by a NASA contractor, there's a way to put all that power into a device that fits in a pocket. The High Shear Technology Corporation makes exploding parts for NASA, and that's a good thing. They make explosive bolts and cutting devices that are used in all kinds of spacecraft when things that are strong need to suddenly separate, like payload shrouds, spent booster engines, and parachutes. Working with California firefighters and with NASA support, they created Life Shears, which use the power of a pyrotechnic explosive cartridge to drive a cutting blade through steel rebar or a car roof like it was butter. The power cartridges are highly reliable and stable, and they make the Life Shears so small and lightweight, they can be carried along in medevac helicopters and in rescue workers' coats, able to go into small, tight places. They're also very affordable for smaller fire departments. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Notes from the Kennedy Center is the program that provides a wider perspective of the world we live in. Each Wednesday, we air live lectures from diplomats, scholars, and government officials from around the world. Join us to hear from Speaker Gretchen Morganson, Assistant Business and Financial Editor and Columnist for the New York Times. She'll talk about the next global financial crisis. That's this Wednesday at 2 Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, kiddos. Appreciate you joining the Matt Townsend Show. We've uh, just been enlightened, and now we know how to get a date and keep a date, how to get rid of the old creeper uh, if you've got one, how to just how to be a good partner that's going to enroll 
a healthy relationship. So for all those that are out there dating, now we've got an even more fun segment. This segment is going to blow your socks off. We're going to play a game uh, to wrap up the show, and I'm going to invite my uh, special game show host, Rob Roberto Sanders. Rob, enlighten us. Are you ready? Is it a love song or is it a breakup song? Okay. Love song or breakup song? Breakup. Total breakup. Oh, breakup. <laughs> is it a breakup? Yes, it is. Yes! Woo-hoo! We would max go your own way, which implies they're going away. Like it. Okay, these are easy. Number two, love song or breakup song? Breakup. Papa don't preach. Breakup Break song. It's a love song. Uh, Okay, but hold on. That was Madison would know that one because this lady's talking about an old man she's calling daddy. (laughs) No. (laughs) Named Papa. Papa don't preach. No, 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 no. Okay, love song. This isn't fair. I just guessed. Love song? So good. Or breakup song. It's gonna be bright, 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 bright sunshine. Breakup. I'm gonna go with love again. It's a bright, sunshiny day when you break up. I think I can make it now. The pain is gone. The pain breakup is gone. song. Uh, the pain bummer. in the neck is gone. Yeah, it's a breakup song. <sighs> All so the bad feelings have disappeared. So two for two. Love yeah. song. I'm good at this game. Breakup <laughs> song. They said I bet they'll never make it. Oh. I What'd know this guess? song and I just That's cannot gonna remember. That's going to be breakup. Yeah, I think it's breakup too. I think every love song is a breakup song. Uh, love song. Yeah. Most relationships fail, though, so most love songs are breakup songs. Oh, so you're saying since 1997, she's broken up. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, Doobie Brothers. She musters a smile for his nostalgia This is a love song. Yeah, go with that. I love the Doobie Brothers. It's sort of a trick question. What is it? It's a breakup? It was a crush. Oh. She never, uh, he never made her think twice. (laughs) It's a crush. Oh, so neither. That's a trick one. Both. But I'm, I'm sure there isn't a guy on the planet who that song has not applied to at least uh, once. Where you're like, brought, you oh, know what? Yeah, the, I think I got this girl interested. That in. brings back memories of me Only dancing. Only a fool believes. Oh man, that just seriously, that just my sisters with their long hair back in the <laughs> days. Okay, we're gonna really quickly. Our producer Bryce, you know, now he is definitely the show's been on rejection. Nobody's been rejected more than our Bryce Tobin. And so he has, you know, he's a professional at this. And so he has some thoughts as we wrap up the show on rejection, and he would just love them to share them with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is right. Rejection is no fun. And it's not just the being rejected part. Rejecting someone is no fun. 
We've even developed many euphemistic pseudo-lie half-truths in an effort to allow us to successfully reject while maintaining our potentially false self-perception that we don't do awful things to other people. Because nobody wants to be the villain in their own story. So here's some of the more common lines that people use to reject with a little bit of interpretation that may or may not be a little biased. There's, it's not you, it's me. First off, this one doesn't make sense. You're saying that there's something wrong with you, so we should get rid of me who, for the purposes of this scenario, has nothing wrong with them? Geez, talk about dropping your personal problems off on other people. The other problem that I have with this line is that I don't really see how the two are related. It's like saying the book was left in the freezer because someone put hot sauce in the popcorn. It's just plain confusing. Then once the emotional turmoil is over and you can finally think clearly, you realize, wait a minute, what you're saying is that there's something wrong with me and nothing wrong with you. Dang it! Or there's, I think we should date other people. This one's problematic. It suggests that there has been some funny business going on because, fun fact, no one ever proposes this course of action without already having selected their next target out of the herd. It's also impossible to argue with. Your hands are tied. On the surface, it looks like they're thinking very selflessly. And who wants to date someone that doesn't want to date them? The unfortunate reality is that the person really just doesn't want to date you. But they don't say that. And then when they're already dating someone else two weeks later, it hits you. They didn't want me to date someone else. They were really being selfish. And they wanted me out of the way so that they could date someone else and not look like the bad guy. Dang it again! Again! There's also, you're too good for me. This one's just a straight lie. I don't have some long-winded explanation about this. If you use this to get out of a relationship, you're a bad person and you should feel sad. There's even the yin and yang of, I need someone who's stable slash spontaneous. And what's the first thing you do? You immediately jump in saying, oh, I can be more stable slash spontaneous. But the rejector won't have any of the silly business from you. Things end and you take their advice to heart. After a week, it dawns on you that extremes are bad and that for someone to be super spontaneous, they're usually super absent-minded or super high energy and kind of hard to deal with in large doses. And then on the flip side, super stable people are kind of boring and that the right place to be is somewhere in the middle with a little bit of both. Then the real truth hits you and you realize they picked the side of the spectrum that you could never be and gave themselves time to get out of the relationship while dangling the false hope of your change in front of you while they made their escape. Triple dang it! So, do you notice the theme? A lot of these common lines are essentially lies, and they point the blame away from the rejector as much as possible. They also don't offer any sort of constructive feedback. But let me make one thing very clear. You don't ever need to feel obligated to offer feedback, but if it is requested, can we please quit lying to each other? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Another rant brought to you by Bryce Tobin, our resident rejection. (laughs) No, poor guy. Great guy, great advice. You know, life's complicated. Thanks for joining us, folks. Remember, we're all just humans trying to make it through this crazy thing called life. Take care of each other, risk a little more, and let's start watching out for each other. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.